everyone, welcome to the Bible and Life podcast, where our goal is to take the text of Scripture, wrestle with it, and put it in the context of everyday life. And so today, in this episode, we're going to do just that by looking at a passage out of the Gospel of John. And I want to ask you a question before we jump in. Do you want to know what the secret to true, lasting, real joy is? Well, Jesus is going to tell us that in today's show. I'm so glad you're with me today for uh, this podcast. If you are joining us for the very first time, let me just say welcome and hello. My name is John Whitaker, and I will be your host on this show. I love teaching the text of Scripture and setting it in the context of everyday life. And so uh, we seek to do that here on the Bible and Life podcast, and I am super happy to uh, be able to do that together with you all. But before we jump into the specific passage we want to look at today, just a couple uh, a couple other things for you to keep in mind. You can go to my website, and I have some other resources available on there. There are some sermons that you could listen to. I'll probably be adding more uh, in the months and weeks ahead. Uh, there's also some online Bible courses that you can uh, purchase on there that uh, will help you maybe get the big picture of Scripture, learn how to study the Bible for yourself, even introduce you to some of the core beliefs of the Bible. Some of that stuff is coming. It's not uh, all complete yet, but you can go check out those courses on there. There's even a free course on there for how to have your own personal Bible reading and prayer time. So if you've ever struggled with, man, I want to read the Bible and pray. I just don't know how to do it and what to do. Uh, there is a free course on my website for that. So you could check that out as well. And then also, uh, this is a listener supported show. And so there's a, a link on my website where you can go to a, a support page and you can become a patron for this show, help support the show. And not only will you get some extra podcasts and some extra Bible uh, teaching resources by doing that, but uh, in addition to that, you'll be helping me create an audio commentary on the New Testament. I want to I want to go through each book of the New Testament and just basically lay out chunk by chunk what each book of the, the New Testament is actually about and create a commentary that will help people understand the text of the New Testament and the significance of that text and some ways we can live it out. And so by supporting the show, you're actually helping to create that, uh, that resource as well. So I'd love for you just to go on over to my Patreon page, check that out, and jump in, begin to support the show. And so that's available on my website as well. The web address for that is johnwhitaker.net. Notice that .net, not .com, not .org, but .net. So go to johnwhitaker.net, check out some of those other resources, and uh, support the show if, if you're able to do that. Love to have your support that way as well. All right, today we are going to look at a passage out of John chapter 15. Um, in what is commonly referred to as the Upper Room Discourse, where Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, it's the night before he's going to be crucified. He knows exactly what's coming. His disciples don't know exactly what's coming, but they know Jesus has been saying some pretty ominous things, and there's this dark cloud that has sort of been hanging over the, the last week with Jesus, and they've gathered together on this particular night in which this passage uh, is is uh, taken from. On this particular night, it's 
It's Passover, and they've gathered together to eat the Passover feast, and Jesus has been saying uh, all sorts of things that intimate, that hint at the fact that his life is coming to an end, and so they kind of sense this dark cloud hanging over the week, the dark cloud hanging over this night, and that is the scene when we pick up in John chapter 15, and so here is Jesus in this really sort of family-type setting, gathered together with his closest friends, celebrating this this really significant Jewish feast, the feast of Passover, that really celebrates God's redemption, God's liberation of the Jews from uh, Egypt, uh, 1,500 years prior to the life of Jesus. And, and Jesus has taken that very meal and really in some way sort of applied it to himself. And it's that same night in that same context where Jesus took the bread and took the juice and, and gave us what we refer to as communion or the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper and said that this bread represents his body and this cup represents his blood. And he has taken now the, the meaning of redemption and said he is the ultimate redeemer and he supplied it to himself. Well, it's that night that we we pick up in John chapter 15 and Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, I kind of wonder if by the time these words are spoken, Jesus and his disciples have left the upper room. They're walking through Jerusalem on their way maybe to the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it sure makes sense. And Jesus sees a, a possibly a grapevine and that becomes perhaps the opportunity for this conversation. Even if that's not the way it plays out, the the significance of the grapevine for Jesus in this text is huge because historically Israel was referred to as God's vine. And in this text, Jesus takes that imagery, applies it to himself. He's the true vine, he says. He's like the true grapevine and God is the vine dresser and now his disciples that are that are attached to him and coming to him they are now becoming part of that that new grapevine being formed in Jesus's uh, life as well and so that's the imagery of this text is this imagery of this this grapevine Jesus himself being the the true trunk of that vine and branches being added in by putting their faith in Jesus and and God the Father being the one who is the vine dresser who prunes and takes care of the vine. And so with that context in mind, let's jump in and look at exactly what Jesus says. John chapter 15, picking up in verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. He's the one who who tends to the vine, prunes the vine, and takes care of it. And then Jesus says, every branch in me. In other words, every every branch, every person in this imagery that's connected to Jesus that doesn't bear fruit, just like a branch on a grapevine that doesn't bear fruit, well, the vine dresser takes it away. He takes away that branch. It's not productive. It's not producing fruit. Fruit. He gets out his pruning shears and he prunes off that branch and gets rid of it. So the other branches that are attached to the vine can actually produce more fruit. And so he says every branch that bears fruit, he he prunes it so that it might bear more fruit. He trims it. He cares for it. He prunes it. Literally, the word for prune is actually the word for clean. He cleans it. He gets rid of all the unnecessary branches and all the unnecessary parts of the branch. He cleans it of those things so that it can, so that all the energy of the vine can go to producing more fruit. 
And noticing that the word prune literally is clean is important for the connection with verse 3. Jesus says this to his disciples there on that night. He says, you, in verse 3, you are already clean. You're already pruned because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus says that his word is sort of like the pruning instrument that is pruned them, that is beginning to clean them of the unnecessary elements in their life so that their lives can be more productive, more fruitful. And then Jesus speaks these words to them and to us. He says in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. You remain in me. You as a branch uh, stay attached to the vine. You remain. You stay attached. You stay connected is the idea. And I in you, Jesus says, you stay attached to me. I'll stay attached to you. We'll stay connected to get together. We'll be connected as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you, he says, unless you abide in me. Carrying out this imagery of this grapevine, he says, like, if a branch is broken off of the vine, it's going to dry up, whether it's going to die, it's not going to bear any fruit. Well, likewise with us as disciples and followers of Jesus, if we don't stay connected, stay attached to Jesus, closely and intimately stay attached to Jesus, we're not going to produce any fruit unless, he says, unless you abide in me. And so our key thing is to abide in Jesus, to stay connected to Jesus. Jesus goes on in verse 5 and says, I am the vine. I am that vine that you need to stay attached to like a branch. You as disciples, we as disciples, we're, we're the branches. And so Jesus applies it to us and he says, he or she, the one who abides in me and I in him, notice, he bears much fruit. Jesus says, if you will stay connected to me, uh, and I stay connected to you, then fruit will happen. You will bear much fruit. Notice what he doesn't say in the passage. He doesn't say, I want you to bear fruit. He does. He wants us to bear fruit. He doesn't command us, however, to bear fruit. Um, he, he instructs us, teaches us, commands us to abide in him to remain in him, to, to settle down and plant our life in him, to be attached to him. That's what he commands us to do. And he says, when you do that, fruit happens. Fruit will happen because you're attached to the vine and the vine's life, the vine's energy will produce fruit in and through you. I, that's just so helpful to us in our Christian life and to following Jesus that our responsibility primarily is to abide, to remain, to stay attached, and then the fruit takes care of itself. Whenever I, I read this text, I can't help but think of a uh, an incident that happened when I was uh, probably 12 or 13 years old. I, I grew up in Tacoma, Washington, and I was uh, uh, walking along a fence, and there was a gulch on the other side of the fence. And so my friend and I were walking along uh, this fence, and we looked over into the gulch, and just maybe 10 or 15 feet down the hill was this this 
this apple tree. I don't even know how it got there. It was just there. And on this little little apple tree were these huge softball-sized apples. And so my friend and I hopped over the fence. We walked down the hill and we plucked off these apples and they were sweet and crisp and juicy. They were just great apples on this tree. And the reason I think about that that imagery when I read this text out of John 15 is because no one commanded that tree to grow those apples. Uh, it wasn't like anyone was barking out an order at that tree, grow fruit, go grow fruit, grow apples. The tree just grew apples because it was actually in healthy, vibrant soil. And so it was rooted in the soil and it, ju- it just produced fruit. And Jesus' point is the same. You abide in me, he says, and my life my nutrients, my energy, my power will pour into you and you will bear much fruit. That's what he says. He bears much fruit because he remains in him. And then Jesus adds this, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, that, That if we are broken off from Jesus, disconnected from Jesus, we have no ability to produce fruit. We don't have any ability on our own to to live the kind of life and do the kinds of things that God has called us to do and created us to do. We don't have the ability to even to live the kind of human life that God designed us to live apart from Jesus, that Jesus is the source of life and he is the source of fruit. And so our job is to abide in him, to remain attached to him. And so he says in verse six, if anyone doesn't abide in me, well, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. If he's, if he's a branch that's broken off, then he's just laying on the ground and he's dead and he's, he's not producing any fruit. So he's just, he dries up and it says, they, the workers in the vineyard and the imagery, come and gather all those broken off sticks, broken off branches, gather them up and cast them into the fire and burn them up because they're, they're not productive. They're no longer useful. They're just dry kindling now. So throw them into the fire and get rid of them so that the, the branches that are attached to the vine can actually bear fruit. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. In other words, if your life is rooted in Jesus and our life is rooted in Jesus, then our, our thinking and our willing is aligned with Jesus. And so now our asking makes is aligned with Jesus' will. And so ask what you want and it'll be done for you. Uh, and he, in context, seems to have in mind particularly things of fruitfulness for his kingdom. In fact, the very following verse says, My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Uh, just as the Father has loved me, Jesus says. Oh, this is a beautiful verse. Catch this. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Do you hear that? Don't, don't miss what Jesus just said. As the Father loves Jesus with the same kind of love, with the same quality of love that God loves Jesus, Well, Jesus loves you and I that exact same sort of way. And so he says, abide in my love, remain in my love, stay connected there, live, dwell, put down roots, camp out in God's love for you in Jesus, in Jesus' love for you that it's like God's love for him. Abide in his love. And then he says, if you keep my commandments, you will do that. 
that Jesus' commandments are an expression of his love for us, that they, they, they demonstrate that he wants something for us. He wants good for us, and his commandments are wise, good commandments for us. So if we learn to keep his instructions, that's the way we stay rooted in his love. That's the way we abide in him is by obeying him and listening to him and keeping his commandments. And that's why for this second episode of this show, I wanted to use this, this verse. We're Bible in life. And what Jesus is saying is, if you listen to me and you listen to my words and you take them to heart and you, you obey my commandments, you keep them, then you will, you will remain in my love. You will dwell in the sphere where my love is ever present and rich and real. And you will remain in me and abide in me. And then my life will flow into you and you will bear much fruit. And so be rooted in Jesus' words. Keep his commandments. Just, he says, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You can do the same thing by uh, keeping Jesus' commandments and you abide in him and you will abide in his love and you will remain. And then, and then catch the way Jesus ends this text. These things, he says, verse 11, these things, I've told you this about remaining in me, keeping my commandments, abiding in my love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. Do you want to have joy? Well, Jesus has just told you the secret to abundant lasting, overflowing joy. These things, he says, about abiding in him, abiding in his love, keeping his commandments, these things are the secret to abiding abundant joy. And one of the things that strikes me there in verse 11, when Jesus says, I've spoken these things to you so that my joy, he says, may be in you. Catch that. Jesus was a man of joy. And oftentimes we forget that, right? Like you can't give what you don't have. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. They've been with him for three years. They know him better than anyone else. And if Jesus didn't radiate with a kind of joy that was desirable, that that his followers would want, that his closest friends would look at and say, man, I wish I could be as happy and joy-filled as Jesus is. If Jesus didn't radiate that, then what he says in verse 11 would make zero sense to his followers. But they knew him. They had seen him smile. They had heard his laugh. They had seen the light in his eyes. They saw a man full of joy. And Jesus says, I want you to have that same kind of joy. And so I've told you this. I've told you these things so that you might have my very kind of joy and that your joy, therefore, would be made full, would be abundant and overflowing. And so the secret to lasting abundant joy is abiding in Jesus. And so as we, we look at this text and reflect on this text and we hear what Jesus is saying, well, what are some ways then we could abide in Jesus? What does it mean to abide in him? And centrally, here in this passage, what Jesus says is, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Uh, very similar to what Jesus said in, earlier in the Gospel of John, John chapter 8, where he talks about if you uh, abide in my word, if you remain in my word, you keep my word. And so one of the most important things we can do to abide in Jesus is to absorb, soak ourselves in his word, 
to listen to Jesus' teaching, to take it to heart, to hear what he has to say, to uh, pray it into our soul, to uh, read Matthew, read Mark, read John, read the Gospels of Jesus, read Luke, and let Jesus become our teacher. And just hear what he has to say. And not, not just let it go in one ear and out the other, but actually think about it. Reflect on it. Put a little sacred imagination to it. Picture ourselves there. See Jesus teaching. Picture ourselves living out his word. What would it look like if we took his word to heart? One of the most important things you can do to abide in Jesus is to take his word to heart and to listen to his word and to absorb his word into your soul and to, to pray it into your heart and into your life and and to picture yourself living it out. And so, uh, abide in me, Jesus says, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. So my my prayer, my encouragement for you and for me is that we would be men and women who abide in Jesus by abiding in his word, by taking his word to heart, by listening to it and, and engaging it and thinking it through until it becomes a part of who we are. And so uh, as we wind down this episode of uh, the Bible in life, uh, that's my challenge to you is that this week you would begin to, to actually create a plan for how you're going to abide in the words of Jesus, soak in the words of Jesus, grow in knowing them, grow in understanding them, and figure out more and more how you can do them. So take his words to heart, begin to live out the, the words of Jesus, And Jesus says, if you do that, you will abide in his love. You'll know that his love surrounds you in everything you do. So take Jesus' words to heart. Abide in him. Abide in his love. All right, that's it. And uh, thanks for joining me today on the Bible in Life podcast. We will see you next time. Look forward to sharing uh, Philippians chapter 3 with you on our next episode of Bible in Life. We'll see you next time.